This is Discipleship Dissected on Coach and Joe. Welcome to Coach and Joe. My name is Chad Norris, lead pastor here at Bridgeway Church, and I'm here with Blaze. This is episode number five. We've had fun with this. A lot of people have been helped by these conversations. I think it's a conversation that really matters. It's a conversation that is uh, prevalent, and um, a, a lot of people in the past few weeks uh, have come up to me saying, thank you for the podcast that you're doing. Matter of fact, got a call from a pastor uh, in England who talks about how big of a deal it is, this hyper-grace conversation. Mm-hmm. So let me quickly just redefine hyper-grace, and then these today in our last episode, we're just going to jump into if you're if you need help in this area and you don't want to walk in hyper grace and you, you want to, you want, you don't want any part of this, you know, what do you do? What resources do you turn to? I, I can't tell you how many people have your story of they were headed down a dark road when I mean, you were in trouble. Yeah. I mean, you even, you even said a minute ago before we started, you believe that the Lord has shown you, if you would not have gotten out of this, you would have died early. I mean, seems extreme yeah. to some people listening. Yeah, I, I mean, I just—it's it, like if I had continued down this road, I see, I see the fruitless path, and the calling on my life was too great. What God had called for, for me, and so my wife listening to this would be like, "What?" But, uh, but seriously, the calling on my life was too great, and if I had just kept down this road, it would have been so fruitless that the Lord would have been like, I, I mean, I just. You know, David talks about my strength was failing me, you know, when he was walking down the wrong path. Mm-hmm. And uh, I sensed that, not like I was dying or anything. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, I don't know what it would have been, but it wouldn't have been good. Oh, so you were meaning more, okay, I hear what you're saying. You're meaning more like just uh, purposeless life, no which, strength. Which leads, which leads to early death. Well, Paul said... Uh, Open doors to demons, all kinds of stuff. True. Paul said that uh, some of you die early because you do not discern the Lord's body properly. 100%. New covenant. Let's talk about a few resources that have really helped shape me and this house. Uh, two authors, three resources. If you're looking to dig into this a little more, looking to see what in the world we talk about hyper grace so much. Of course, it's not just me. Um, matter of fact, I proved my point. Um Looks like I'm getting ready to be on the the Sid Roth show. Oh no way! Yep, and I'm in the. Interview. I've been watching Sid for the last year, rocking yep. me. Yeah, it's supernatural. He's uh, he's awesome, and um, it looks like it's gonna. I hope it works out. Anyway, I had to do these um, preliminary questions before I go on the show. The last the last part of the the questions, you know what it was all about? Hmm. What's my stance on hyper grace? I mean, this is, come on now. I mean, it's on questionnaire to go on a show. I have a book coming out December 21st on the fear of the Lord. I'm praying that there's an anointing on it to rescue a lot of people from hyper grace. We had Apostle Malik Edwards in this house this weekend with his wife. Uh, Ashley, it was powerful. And I cannot tell you how many conversations in our house, Wendy, me, them two, were about hyper grace. No No, yeah. It's all, it's in black community, white community. It's a doctrine of demons. It's end time great deception. You know why? Because it brings Jesus down. That theology does, that doctrine. It brings Jesus down on the level of uh, other quote unquote gods, uh, theologies, teachings. It, it, um, it, it brings him down to a low place, which you cannot bring him down to a low place, but that teaching attempts to in your heart and mind. And then once mm-hmm. that happens, it's destruction. Because mm-hmm. he is the most high God. When did I talk about that last night? Matter of fact, before I went to sleep, I said, babe, 
if Jesus Christ is the king of the universe, what is his father? Or no, who is God? And she said, the king's father. And I'm like, maybe you're just so high. There's no, he's just alpha and omega. He said, hyper grace wants to make him a uh, snuggle bear. Yeah. My, my, my buddy, the elf. Universalism is a dude hell. Anyway, three resources. Yeah. You ready? And these are in order. Though this is just from me. Mm-hmm. This isn't like thus saith the Lord. Just what shaped me. Number one, and there is no close second, is a book called Killing Kryptonite by John Brevere. Incredible book. John said that uh, in his career, he has never experienced warfare like he did writing that book. He wanted to stop writing it five times. Mm. The book is a look at New Covenant idolatry. Uh, he never mentions the term hypergrace in the book. That entire book is an attack on hypergrace. Definitely. I have, I've never seen people more offended with content of a book than I am John Bevere's book, uh, Killing Kryptonite. Matter of fact, recently I played golf um, with someone that knows uh, John very, very well. They're very close. And I love what this person said. He said, um, he sees John as like Mr. Fundamental, mm-hmm. not a fundamentalist, but he's like Mr. Fundamental. And John just, you know, you've read the book. Straight lace, man. You're in a men's group. As a matter yeah. of fact, you're in a men's group with me, and you were like, man, this book, holy smokes. Yeah, man. It. You know what's crazy? And I, I'm going to let you keep going, but idolatry in the New Testament, in hypergrace, the only time that word I ever heard it used in hypergrace teachings, meetings, all that stuff, was in regards to people that they would use the word idolatry as your own works to get salvation or to try to become holy. Oh, look, you're seeing yourself and your own works as as an idol. It's crazy because they get so wrapped up in fighting against their own legalism and getting people out of legalism, they literally set people free to literally stop reading the word, stop living in the truth, mm-hmm. and it, it jacks everything up. Mm-hmm. And you you have to you have to have discerning ears because a lot of the as you call them, onboarding hypergrace teachers, they're not going to say this, but they lead people to this. Uh, oh, Old Testament is not nearly as important. Matter mm-hmm. of fact, you keep digging in; they don't teach from it much, nor do they think it's appropriate. And then this is the part where it's like, are you being serious right now? The words of Jesus are less than the words of Paul. Because he had not ascended yet. <laughs> I mean, that's the part when you and me talked that I'm like, you really went down that road of like, and you were like, oh, yeah, dude, the people are teaching even more than that. All right, first book, Killing Kryptonite, for me, is a book you need to read once a year until he returns. I'm, I mean, I yeah. mean that. Yeah, make you know how many times I've read it now? I've read that book five times. Wow. And the fifth time I just read it with the men's group I'm leading with some you and some other guys, it hit me harder than it did the first four. Mm. And matter of fact, a group of us guys are taking chapter 20 and memorizing all the passages out of chapter 20. Chapter 20 of Killing Kryptonite, if if Bavir ever hears this, he's going to be like, man, who's this guy? He really loves my book. <laughs> um, chapter 20 needs to be read. Golly, it needs to be taught in every charismatic church. Which one was chapter 20? What was it? Repentance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the one that was just like you. I had to put it down. and Yeah, repent every five minutes. I don't. Five seconds. I don't smoke cigarettes, but I'm like, man, I feel like I need cigarettes. <laughs> and then you go repent to smoking the cigarette. Yeah. Uh, second book, Dr. Michael Brown, his book, Hyper Grace. Uh-huh. That one, uh, <laughs> I, I love Dr. Brown. He is, uh, he, he carries the gift of zero ambiguity. 
True. He is a clarion voice of truth. He's amazing. He's a father of the faith. He was so uh, fought against in that movement. I mean, I, I bet y'all really loved him when you were in the hyper grace heyday. Oh man, it, did y'all ever talk about him? Oh yeah, and I mean, I didn't, I didn't necessarily talk about him. I just would hear about him, and I just never really listened to him. But it was just kind of like, oh yeah, that guy wrote a book against all of us, you know, basically. And uh, you know what's great about him? He actually loves people deeply. He, oh, I can He contacted tell. all these teachers before he wrote that book. Some of them would talk to him, some wouldn't. He ended up having dinner with Joseph Prince. Did you know that? It doesn't surprise me. Joseph Prince definitely um, seems like he has a heart that's very open. Yeah, he had had dinner because Dr. Brown is ruthless about the whole uh, hyper grace teaching. He says there's no room to confess your sins anymore. Yeah, Dr. Brown is like, what What in the world? But I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I know this to be true. He sat down with Joseph. Huh. A lot of the teachers did not uh, respond to him. I know guys that that made fun of it. They were like, no, this guy wants to debate me or something like that. Um, but yeah, I would hear about those contacts. For uh, most of the world, have you ever taken Myers-Briggs? So you have sensors yeah. and intuitives? Yeah. 70% of the world. E-N-F- are... E-N-F- uh, E-N- ENFP. You, that's what you are? Yeah. Me too. Yeah. You're called the champion. Oh. I think. I don't know. I'll take it. <laughs> Some of like that makes you feel good about yourself. Yeah, exactly. Better being called the the loser. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was I about to say? If you oh, most people are sensors. I think seventy percent of humans are sensors. It's like, what's the difference in intuitive and sensor? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, a sensor can really just notice what's in the natural, very practical. Um, build their thought processes by steps. Uh, really, really practical. My wife is a strong sensor, black and white. Michael Brown really reaches the sensors. Uh, I'm an intuitive, but if you really like a deductive, so the difference in deductive and inductive teaching, deductive, I'm going to state where I'm, like a lawyer, I'm going to state where I'm going at the beginning, and I'm going to prove nine times why what I'm saying is right. Inductive is a little more parabolic uh, storytelling, and then all of a sudden the truth explodes on the back end somewhere. Hyper Grace is a deductive phenomenal book. I mean, the title is Hyper Grace. Yeah. What is it and why is it wrong? That'd be the second resource. So the first one's Killing Kryptonite. The second one's Hyper Grace by Dr. Michael Brown. By the way, I get nothing from this. I'm, I'm not in partnership with them. I honor them both. Just go read their books. The third one is a smaller book uh, from Dr. Michael Brown, and I cannot remember the title. It's a tiny book. It's blue, and it's 12 questions about Hyper Grace and their answers. You can go to Dr. Brown's website, and I do not know his website. You have to just Google that. I think, and he has a show. It's just great. So uh, let's talk about practical steps to helping someone get back to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Look through your own story. What uh, we know what the turning point was because you you told us about that. How are you now even practically walking towards every day, not just one moment at the altar? Mm-hmm. How are you staying uh, submitted to the fear of the Lord in your life on a daily basis? I think number one, um, number one, you know, I, I was thinking even about this while we're chatting, and this podcast, you know, there's going to be hyper grace teachers that listen to this and just balk at it, laugh at it, come up with their own uh, responses to it, all that. This podcast, honestly, Chad, is not so much for them. This podcast is for the people that are dabbling in their stuff or deep in their stuff, and they're finding their life is not as uh, is a little messier 
and I'm not saying we can't be a mess sometimes, but I'm just saying the fruit of the message they are hearing is not love. It's not holiness. It's not more love for Jesus and walking with Jesus, more uh, love for his word. And it's making their life different than they had you know, thought. So this is this is what this podcast is for. And if you find yourself in that place, I would say, number one, um, you know, one of the biggest things that what does he say in Proverbs? Uh, he who isolates himself seeks his own. You know, and I think one of the biggest things in this movement mm-hmm. is really getting people out of their local church. That's one of the first things it does. And that's powerful, Blaze. Yeah, that that is so. That is, I didn't know. I didn't think you'd go there. That is absolutely the fruit of this message. Lots of these guys have zero accountability mm-hmm. within a ministry setting or a church mm-hmm. setting. Most of them don't have a local church that they're launching it's out of. It's the same with prophets, by the way, that are addicted to, they've made Donald Trump their Lord and Savior, and they won't listen to anyone else, and they still don't think they were wrong on the election, which is mind-boggling. It's the, it's the greatest spirit of deception I've ever seen released, ever, in the history of the charismatic church. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. These people are still standing on these like literally think he's about to come back into office. Hmm. One of the things that I've noticed in conversations with Jeremiah Johnson, because he showed a lot of humility and repenting publicly more than any of them, uh, there there's such a lack of not only community but submission to any local leader. You know, when did when did the local church become like not cool? Right. You know what I mean? Right. For Wendy and I, um, well, I feel like he's showing me this now, and then, and then I'll say that. Uh, picture an X. Mm-hmm. So Bobby Clinton is a clinical researcher, and he wrote a book called The Making of a Leader. He's written a lot of articles. He, he's a phenomenal writer. It's a lot like Jim Collins. Mm-hmm. He says that he noticed that the most successful people in the world uh, in all spheres of influence, in the top of the X, they have someone who is mentoring them. Mm. In the bottom of the X, they are mentoring people, plural. The right side of the X, they have someone inside their sphere of influence, their their business, who's on the same level that's sharpening them. And they on the other side of the X, they have someone outside of their sphere of influence that's on their same level that's sharpening them. So there's four things in play for very successful people. They have a Yoda. Mm-hmm. They are a Yoda. Mm-hmm. They have a brother that sharpens them inside their workplace and or a sister or a brother and sister that sharpens them outside the workplace. A lot of the hyper grace thing, t- stuff, the people that are leading that, they don't have any of that. It's true. No, they, there is no Yoda. Mm-hmm. Think about the great movies. The great, even Hollywood knows this better than most of God's kids. Luke had Yoda. Rocky had Mickey. Frodo had Gandalf. Bilbo had Gandalf. God has ordained us that we need, we mm-hmm. need someone who's been down the path longer than us, who has more spiritual capital. For Wendy and I, it, it it is a couple in our lives, uh, in our life, and um, this couple is uh, twenty years older than us, and uh, they walk in an incredible amount of spiritual capital, and they're not just a safe place for us to go cry when things get hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look at my mentor as someone when I don't know what to do, I talk to two people: the Most High God, and uh, this man who's on my speed dial. And even recently, um, the Lord's been talking to me a lot about real estate. And a uh, long story short, I didn't just connect with the Father on it. I, I was 
I was 100% going to sell my house hmm. and because it has a lot of equity in it and et cetera. And, and I was going to be in a position to then go take that money, buy a few homes, some real estate stuff. And I had a, ch- I mean, I'm telling it was a done deal. Mm-hmm. I had uh, my own father told me to do it. I have one of my best friends who's very successful in business. He said, this is very wise. I had another leader says very wise. Well, we were under the tent praying one day and I just had a little check. And I walked over to my mentor, and before I could say anything, he says, hey, I have a check on you selling your house. So if I look at my mentor, someone who's there to suppress me, keep me out of Stop my freedom. Stop you from making money. Keep me out of my freedom. Yeah. How dare you abuse me? Yeah. No, I'm looking at it if like, all right, I'm not God. Mm-hmm. And I, I may be a Yoda to some people, just like you. There's someone in your life right now that I prophesied over, and I told this young kid— I said, you got tons of potential, and I see you literally submitting to and following Blaze in business and the spiritual capital. For some people, you're a Yoda. For other people, you need a Yoda. I'm just saying, one man, I feel such an anointing on this. One of the danger zones, God sent Stuart Greaves to you to be a Yoda to you. And listen, I'm not here to bash you. I've done it too, yeah. Blaze. But you said, hey, Yoda, kiss my grits. You don't know what you're talking <laughs> it's, about. No, it's true, man. Only to write him an email saying, hey, Yoda. An email five years later. Sorry about that, Yoda. Yeah. So is is Yoda, or is my Yoda there to hurt me? No. But this is what, this is what so makes me sad, Blaze, is people's wounds are real. We've all been hurt. I get it. But kingdom principles are kingdom principles. For example, recently in the Kruger National Park, this tour guide was explaining to these Americans in South Africa in this huge park that the weird sound they were hearing was a puma mother attacking her four-year-old puma son because if the puma did not leave the nest, then he would be dysfunctional his whole life. Mm. Somehow the puma is ordained by God to know what that job is. Mm. But now we say, oh, how dare you hurt that little cub, Puma? Just let him stay in the nest forever. No, the Yoda Puma knows what to do. Mm-hmm. And so a lack of submission to authority is, you can get annihilated by the devil. Oh, totally. And and that's where, I mean, you see it all through scripture. You see Jacob and Laban, you see David and Saul. Point being, not that every time that somebody's doing something that you think is wrong makes them a Saul. It's just the point being is you can't always discern what's going on. You know, it's not like David knew the end of the story specifically. He knew that he was called to be king, but he didn't know that Saul was just going to like, like, he didn't know the process. Mm -hmm. Point being, it doesn't, you don't, you can't always discern who God's put in your life, but you, when someone's there, you've got to discern the role. That's all you're supposed to discern. You're not supposed to discern, are they incredible? Are they this? Are they that? What do I know more than them about this or this or that? It's just learn how to submit and learn how to follow. Describe how that's working out with you and me right now. So let's watch the progression of this. It's funny because he's reminding me right now. It was about six months ago I said, I know who you are and I know who you are here. It's not time. Mm -hmm. I knew you need, I didn't know how long it would be. I knew you needed another season with just you and the Father. Mm-hmm. And I I told Michael, I knew that I would disciple you, mm-hmm. but not then. So now here we are six months later. The Lord did, I mean, he's just at work in you big time. But now you and I are entering, already have a, uh, what you see in the movies. Um, of course I'm broken. Mickey was broken. Of course, like, 
It, the leader's not perfect. Right. Matter of fact, you you already had a dream about you even helping me with things in my life. That that's that's a whole other conversation because a lot of these young guys, they're so arrogant. You think that the Luke Skywalker is put on earth to fix the Yodas for heaven's sakes. <laughs> what what is um, what is this like for you? Real talk, yeah. because what you're talking about is actually happening with us right now. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, gosh, it's number one. A lot of times, especially in church settings or where there's like, I think. Like when we first got here, I told my wife, I was like, that guy is preaching what's born in me. I didn't know how to explain it, but like when you you were just talking about friendship with the Father, it Mm -hmm. was taking me back to the baptism of friendship with God at 16 years old. I was Mm -hmm. like, that's the message. And I don't know if I need to be up close to that guy hanging with him, but I'm just going to sit in this place, Mm -hmm. in this 17th row, (laughs) and just receive Mm -hmm. because it doesn't like we. You know, we don't jostle our way into somebody's life and mentor me, father me, take me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like you just have to sit in the seat the Lord gave you. And this is where this is where young people just can't figure out how to be patient with the timing of God, whether that's to be mentored by some, whether mm-hmm. that's in the business world, whether that's at work. What's the first thing Jesus did before he began his ministry? He prayed all night for what purpose? To pick his disciples. He picked them. Yeah. So what happened was, if I'm jostling, I don't trust the Father. Exactly. There's so much orphanhood there. It's orphanhood. I'm the one that shoulder tapped you. Yeah. And you know what was crazy is that the Lord gave me specific things to obey. Because at the end of the day, we're to obey the Father. And so the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. Number one, go to this church. Number two, he said, now plug your family in. Very practically, what did that look like? Become a member. And also, the Lord triggered you for a little bit with my teachings. Oh, yeah. All that stuff. It was getting all that hyper-grace it was, cancer out. He was cleaning it out. He told me to make reconciliation. He told me all these things, but it was just sit under the ministry. And then you, and then it was like, really sit under the ministry, sow into the ministry, give into the ministry, do all the things that just follow. And Submit. Yeah, it was submission. And it's and some people be like, that's so legalistic. Oh, my gosh. The freedom, the fruit and Lisa Bevere has a quote on submission, and I'm going to so butcher this. But basically, the Holy Spirit showed her that submission is freedom. Yes, it is. Because what started to happen in my heart was was that my walk with Jesus became stronger. I his voice in my life became so clear, Chad. I mean, prophetic words that like I never knew. If, I never thought the Lord would ever speak to me again. Honestly, after that season I went through, I was just like, you know, I it's like the prophetic sound was so clear suddenly, and I'm just walking with the Lord. And then He gave me a dream about you, and. Uh, you said I look like Brad Pitt in Fight Club. Is that what you yeah, said? Yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> but he gave me a dream about you, and then not, uh, and uh, the very first time we actually connected, um, really connected, was because of that dream. And we were standing on the stage after I played a guitar, and you were just standing there. And you told me later it was really funny. You were like, "I got a piece so bad, I don't know why I'm still standing here." And I was like, "Well, it's because I'm supposed to talk to you." Because literally, you and I were the only one on the stage. I told you the dream, and you called Mike up, and you said, "Mike, listen to this. This is what." Well, we because done. that week. Um, Michael had read a book that Stuart wrote on the false justice movement. And I'm, what what this shows me is God's real. Yep. Period. The end. And you know what's great about this? We'll we'll close right here. I had a conversation with uh, someone this morning who went through something very difficult a while back, 
And I told this person, I said, you know, John Doe, I, I'm reading the Bible right now, cover to cover. It's a bunch of stories of chaos where God's the hero of the narrative and he's good. Mm. Bob Jones told Bickle one time, he said, boy, when God starts moving here, the devil's going to hit it and God's going to hit it at the same time. Many times you're not going to know which is which. <laughs> and so uh, I don't know if you have a theology for this, but there's a large part of your narrative that not only uh, did you not just escape God as though he didn't know where you were, he was leading you down some roads, some Joseph dungeon roads, because what you got in your captivity, you will help mm. really a lot of people place. Mm. I mean, there's been quite a few words uh, about you around here that I haven't even told you. What I'm trying to say is this. God was very involved in your narrative, even when you were an inch away from universalism. And now... we to talk about that next. Now what you get to do is this. You get to help a lot of people. Yeah. You know what you get to help a lot of people do? connect with Jesus. Yeah. You know what Jesus' number one, two, and three goal is for you and me? It's to connect us to the Father. Mm. Everything the Lord did down here was to get people connected to the Father. He came to reveal the Father. He is still, he still has his eyes on the Father. Mm. The Lord still burns for the Father. It's the ultimate paradox because in Isaiah 6, when the glory of God, when it manifests, I mean, it is like destruction. But the closer you get to God, it's like you are the most kind person I've ever met, and I am terrified. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> explain that. I mean, it's just yeah. you can't explain it. All right. Well, we're, hope, we're, we're hoping that we're helping a lot of people. Uh, again, let me restate those three resources you need to dig into. One is Killing Kryptonite by John Bevere. You need to read that now, now. Uh, we're in South Africa. They would say now. That could mean six months from now. Now, now is now, now. I believe that John is a prophet for the nations, and I believe that he's a Mr. Plumline. The second book is Hyper Grace by Dr. Michael Brown. You can get that on Amazon or his website. And then he has a smaller book, the 12 Answers to 12 Questions on Hyper Grace. All right. Thanks for being here today. And uh, we'll jump into another episode on Hyper Grace. And uh, let, me just, let me just pray for people who are listening. I, I pray, Father, that you would just help us be so consumed and focused on you. We want to know you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us on the Coach and Joe Leadership Podcast. Don't miss the Coach and Joe talk show on YouTube and coachandjoe.com for epic merch, blogs, and ways to help keep us up and running. We'll see you next time on the Coach and Joe Leadership Podcast.